Well, it's only three weeks now since the horrific terror attack in Burke Street in Melbourne. We do know, of course, that law enforcement, security, intelligence agencies in this country are working hard around the clock to combat the threat of terrorism and there's been at least 14 terror plots successfully thwarted in this country. But there are concerns because a lot of the law enforcement agencies and police chiefs are warning us that they are operating with one arm tied behind their backs when it comes to the encryption of communications technology. The Victorian Police Chief Commissioner Graham Ashton has said in so many of the counter-terrorism investigations, we are blindsided by a lack of access to encrypted technology, partly text but also phone calls. That's been backed up by the New South Wales Police Commissioner Mick Fuller, who has said the inability for legislation on technology to keep up with terrorism and organised crime is one of the biggest threats Globally, Well, the government's got a bill before parliaments to try and deal with that. The Telecommunications and Other Legislation Assistance and Access Bill is a bill that basically compels telcos and internet companies to let the police and other authorities get access to encrypted communications, provided, of course, they get court order or a warrant. Now, a parliamentary committee's been looking at that legislation because the government says it needs to get it passed before Christmas to try and get inside in particular these terrorist communications. The chair of the Joint Committee on Intelligence and Security is the Liberal member for Canning, Andrew Hasty. He joins me on the line now. Thanks for joining us, Andrew. It's a pleasure, Chris. Good to be with you and your viewers, uh, your listeners rather. Yes, indeed. Now, this committee you are chairing has been meeting today. Is there any progress? Uh, you needed to get it signed off today, didn't you, so that Parliament could pass this legislation next week? Well, Chris, it's no secret that the committee process has broken down uh, the Shadow Attorney-General, Mark Dreyfus, has put out a statement to that effect, uh, as has our Attorney-General, Christian Porter, and we haven't been able to uh, land on a bipartisan agreement. And so next week, the government will accept the recommendations that the coalition members of the committee put forward and will proceed to debate the House, the bill in the House, and uh, then make passage of the bill on a, after a vote. So you try and put the bill through regardless of not getting bipartisan support from Labor. What are Labor's objections? They know that our law enforcement and intelligence agencies say that they want this legislation, indeed need this legislation as soon as possible. Well, Chris, I'm not privy to reveal committee discussions, but suffice to say that there is distinct difference between our position and Labor's position. Uh, we take on face value that our security and law enforcement people, whether they be at the federal level, level with ASIO and ASIS, sorry, ASIO, AFP and ASIS, uh, or the state and territory police, uh, they need to be able to take down terrorists, drug traffickers, uh, pedophiles, and spies. And the trend that we've seen over the last four or five years is that a lot of these criminals are going dark because they're using encrypted means, which means. Uh, our, our law enforcement and our security agencies are, are finding it increasingly difficult to stay on top of these people. Uh, so there's an urgent need. We've had the Burke Street attack uh, several weeks ago, and uh, the Assistance and Access Bill is designed to provide a, a framework for industry and our security agencies to work together to keep the Australian people safe. We're so satisfied with a few amendments that... that it's a good bill, and that's why we're going to push ahead. So you push ahead and basically dare Labor to actually vote against this in Parliament, presumably, hoping you can talk them around in Parliament next week? Well, that's right. Look, I've worked very closely with the Deputy Chair 
Anthony Byrne, the member for Holt, he's a, a superb Labor member. Uh, we see eye to eye on a lot of issues, um, but unfortunately, we just couldn't land this uh, this time. Um, and I, I want to tip my hat to, to Anthony. He's a, an excellent deputy chair, very supportive. Uh, but unfortunately, um, you know, we, we just couldn't get there. And so we need to do what's best in the interest of our country. And that's why we're going to push ahead with it. All right, we'll follow that very closely next week. It's going to be quite a stoush, quite a contested issue between the government and the Labor Party. But this week, just gone, we've seen most of the action blue on blue fire, if you like, when Julia Banks, your colleague in the lower house, the member for Chisholm in Melbourne, a Liberal Party member, resigned from the Liberal Party to go and sit on the cross benches, primarily because you didn't like Malcolm Turnbull being rolled. What do you think of that sort of betrayal of the people who voted Liberal to put her in Parliament? Well, look, it does nothing for the government, frankly. We're down another uh, a vote and member in the House, so it, it, it adds to uh, instability. We certainly needed Julia's support. Of course, we can count on it for supply and confidence, uh, but we still have legislation that we want to get through before we we go to an election next year. So very disappointing. And of course, the grassroots members of the party who've worked so hard, who give their time, their energy, their money towards electing Liberal members of Parliament, they're rightly very disappointed. But it just shouldn't be on, should it? It shouldn't be. You shouldn't be able to do this, get elected under one banner and then actually use your vote to thwart that very party. I mean, she's elected to actually help form a Liberal government. Now she's deliberately withdrawn her support from the Liberal Party to make life tougher for a Liberal government. Well, that's right. Look, I felt the same way with, with Cory Bernardi when he left for the Conservatives. Absolutely. Except Corey it wasn't in the lower house where you formed government. I, mean, I agree it was a betrayal, but it didn't really impact on the government's ability to survive in the lower house. That's right. Look, Cory's a mate, but I, was, I expressed my disappointment with him, and it's the same feeling I have towards um, the member for Chisholm. Now, tell me about uh, the political uh, difficulties the government's got at the moment. Uh, it's enormously hard when you've got this schism within the party, a lot of unhappiness within the party following the leadership changes over the past three years. You've trailing in the polls. You've got to somehow get focused back on what people care about. I notice you've been writing in the Daily Telegraph about this concept of the insider-outsider argument, that politics is no longer so much a struggle between the left and the right, but those people inside the political media class or the elite class and those people outside, uh, and the people outside, of course, are the ones who do most, most of the work and pay most of the taxes. Well, that's right. Now, this is a thesis that's been put by a guy called Matthew Lesh from Melbourne, uh, Divided Democracy in Australia. The great book, it's been missed by a lot of people, but basically he says Australia's breaking into two distinct groups. The inners, who, who are cosmopolitan, they live in our cities, they like disruption and change, they're more socially progressive, they're, they're quite wealthy, and they define themselves by their educational and professional qualifications. And then you've got the outers, who live in regional or metropolitan Australia, uh, they're, they're instinctively traditional. They love Australia Day, Anzac Day. Um, you know, they define themselves by family, their local community and their country. And um, essentially the inners control uh, the cultural, political, economic institutions. They control the media. And what you're seeing is the disenfranchisement of the outers. Now, I would say seats held by both the Labor and Liberal parties contain a mixture of inners and outers. So within both parties... There's, there's a bit of a struggle between those two values clusters, as, as Matthew Lesh calls them. 
Yeah, I think there's a bit in that. I think it's all about the mainstream and too often both major parties are turning their back on the mainstream as they led down the nose or led down the path by the uh, political and media elites in this country. Uh, I appreciate your time, Andrew Hasty. Thanks for joining us. Thanks very much, Chris. That's that's Andrew Hasty, the member for Canning in Western Australia. He's en route back to Western Australia tonight. Could not get a deal done with Labor to make sure this legislation on encryption goes through the Parliament next week. But the battle will be on. It will proceed in Parliament next week to see if the government can convince Labor to get that legislation through. Let me know what you think. Get on the open line number 131 873.